and welcome to the Don't Beat Around the Bush podcast. I'm Addie Holzman. And I'm Haley Kava. We're friends, pelvic floor physical therapists, moms, and occasional hot messes who are here for real, uncensored conversations about all things pelvic health. And because our conversations are uncensored, they're likely not appropriate for little ears. Please remember our disclaimer. Although we both are licensed physical therapists, we are not your physical therapist. Yeah, anyways. And our content is intended for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please consult your own healthcare team for individualized advice, diagnoses, and treatment. I saw, like, I was considering buying something, but I wanted your input on it because it's like, over $400 and that's a lot of money. <laughs> so there are these things that you like hook up to your belly slash thighs, electrical impulses that will help your pelvic floor. What do you think? Oh, fuck no. <laughs> your face, your face is like, is she serious? <laughs> I thought you were going to say some sort of like weird sexual thing. Cause that's like something that you always <laughs> no like (laughs) oh my god did you see when i put i was getting these targeted ads like non-stop about these damn shorts and i was like do not buy these shorts again burgeoning into the world of sponsored content on social media because you know we got to make money somehow and (laughs) if that brand came to me i'd be like go f yourself (laughs) so i'm sorry like you can have your business or whatever but you're you are operating uh under like false evidence and this thing is 500 dollars. how much incontinence i could take care of for 500 dollars? yeah like like, probably half that price um so backing up a little bit Haley did some real <laughs> Got me or, um, riled up. some stories I think last week on these what were they just shorts with electrodes in them so the targeted ad that I got was some influencer who has kids who was like oh I thought you know I had three kids and I was running a marathon and what they should really call a marathon when you've had kids is not a marathon they should call it peeing your pants for 13 miles and I was like uh, or no, <laughs> or and then I started wearing these, and then I started wearing these shorts that shocked the shit out of my crotch and my pelvic floor, and now I don't pee as much. Like, okay, so is it like do they randomly give impulses or do you I, initiate it? I didn't. I did not commit you didn't that you much energy. No, I knew everything I needed to know when I saw that, and that I was not a fan. <laughs> Well, that reminds like, me of that sound bite. Like, no, no, no. I've seen what I needed to see. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, no. Immediately, no. Immediately, no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Your stories that day, I was dying because <laughs> you were so fired up. And then you were just, you just gave up. You're like, just see a PT. <laughs> just don't. <laughs> don't do that. And I think it's just, yes. If there were an easy solution a problem that would be great the problem is is that there isn't there isn't easy solutions like that don't require some effort on your part in order to get better so even so to say like you don't need to 
do anything. You just need to take this pill or you don't need to do anything. You just need to wear these shorts or sit on this chair or whatever that thing is that um, is giving people what they want, right? They want, Mm -hmm. we want an easy solution. We're giving them what they want, but it's not giving them what they need. So it goes back to passive versus active treatments and like passive treatments would be like, massage trigger point release dry needling yeah you know e-stem like all of those mm-hmm. things which are fine and and definitely have a place depending on the situation and what's going on but you're never going to change your movement patterns and your muscle balance and your coordination and your control right. without active participation in your treatment right right and if it again if it's the thing that like helps you feel like you can take the next step and that you feel like you can then start to exercise or start to move more or whatever, then fine. But yeah, like this, this sort of sit sit here and I'll take care of all of your problems and you commit no energy or effort is. Cause that's also like not evaluating the root cause of what's going on. Right. Yeah. How do we know if we need muscle strength? How do we know if we need muscle relaxation? How do we know where? Mm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so mm-hmm. anyway, I had to, I had to ask about it. We I'll will not be sponsored by, <laughs> we will not be sponsored by Esmelda chairs. We will not be sponsored by whatever the F that company was called, but you know, if the price is right, <laughs> <laughs> All right I don't know so... how many dollars could, could be convincing me to promote something like that but it would be a lot yeah for sure so <laughs> and i would be why... saying it with a wink <laughs> like, like buy this thing actually don't buy this thing but they're paying me so so a reason why you would use those shorts i would imagine is for incontinence correct i think yes. that's yes yeah, that yeah, runner yeah. girl that's what she was using them for yep. so yep. getting into the realm of incontinence i don't know how we've made it almost a year and a half now and not dedicated a whole episode to leaking, which is one of the major issues people have, especially postpartum. Um, But I dove into some stats and obviously urinary leaking is far more common than bowel or fecal incontinence. So fecal incontinence is poop, urinary incontinence, bladder, and then flatulence incontinence, farting. Which is my personal favorite. <laughs> I do, I would say, yeah, like sometimes I a fart sneaks out <laughs> unintentionally. Or like I'm really guilty and like I maybe push it a little bit because I think it's hilarious. And maybe that's my problem. It's like my sensing reflex is like just heightened. It knows when it's just air. But because I haven't pooped my pants. <laughs> But I think it's really funny when you like walk and fart. Oh my gosh. I so this... like step, 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 step. I think that's Have like. Have you done that? I've so, only done that yes. like once. <laughs> Usually it just comes out. Like if it's going to come out, I think it it's... just comes out. I think it's so funny. So so I like will exaggerate that. I um... So that's not necessarily incontinence, but there's some philatus. Pilates. I knew this sweet older woman in college and we were like going to this like garden show or something and she was walking right in front of me literally like just farting every step it was, like, these little like <laughs> like, like best, not the man. soft tooth but the little like 
perp. My grandma used to call farts perps. Like, <laughs> and I, I thought that was like the normal because we weren't allowed to say fart because it was rude, apparently. Um, and so she would call them perps. And it's funny. It's really funny to say I should start that with my kids. But I never know why she called them that. But anyway, that's what it sounded like. She was walking. It was like perp, 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 perp. <laughs> like, and I don't know why that sticks in my mind. I But I was like, that's not normal. <laughs> like, Can you hear this if I play this? No. It says, in one session, you will complete 180 perfect contractions and that they use graded pulses to prevent muscle fatigue. Blink, muscle blink. fatigue. <laughs> So that you're not going to like fatigue your muscles, but you're going to work them 180 times. So we're doing like sub-maximal contractions. I don't know, man. I do not. I've reported fewer contractions in in, uh, as little as four weeks. Are you talking about these shorts? Yeah. Sorry. I couldn't get off it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, throat. I think Ash's man cold is spreading to me. By the way, can we just... Can we just do a little ash bash? He can yeah, probably always you know, but I do this in front of him, so <laughs> I love my husband so dearly. Um, but man, the man cold, like it's really it's a it's really old. And like he his to be fair, his immune system sucks, like real real bad sucks. And I think I have a pretty like decent immune system. Robust immune system. And so like when when the sickness spreads, he usually comes down a lot harder than i do given i'm i'm not felt like awesome the last couple of days but i'm you not... have the mom you have the mom <laughs> so... immune system where you literally have no choice because like what else what else is going to happen yeah yeah he like came home from work yesterday because he, he just wasn't feeling well he thought he had a fever it was 98.6 i measured it <laughs> um, so anyway i was just thinking last night i like he went to bed at like six he was in bed by six and i was like i got the kids down we were all pretty lazy and put them to bed by seven and i was like this is just it's just so funny anyway i decided to be a good wife today and go get him like bone broth and local honey you know all the things i made elderberry syrup but I'm like serving this to him in bed. By the way, if you like are like feeling crappy, like more like respiratory crap, <clears throat> um, bone broth with turmeric, ginger, cayenne pepper, uh, curry powder, and garlic is like really good. Yeah, we make bone broth pretty much every week because uh, we'll like make a whole chicken once a week and then boil it down. Do you do it on the oven or like in the crock pot? In the crock pot usually because then we just finish making the chicken throw it in the crock pot and then leave it overnight nice yeah mm-hmm. i i usually make it with like beef bones like like the thick bones mm-hmm. they're not cheap i mean if you get them from- you, can get, you can get soup bones at the grocery store but they're maybe not like i don't know what type of beef they are like yeah. if the beef is i love my bone broth but anyway um it's just like he's like in bed and I'm like, what do I have to do today? I have all these things I need to do. <laughs> the man cold. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's a real thing. Are all the ki- are the kids at school or are they all home today? 
I kept Elsie home because if she's not there by 845, they like don't want you to bring them in because the day's so short, you know, and so it's like kind of disruptive to bring them in late. So she just stayed home and the boys went to school at like nine once we got the test back. They tested them for like RSV, COVID. Flu. RSV I've heard is like so bad this year. Yeah, it, it's around here. I've heard of multiple families getting it. Yeah, he's like totally fine. So it's just like the crap that's been going around. We've had just like crap mm-hmm. going around. So okay. incontinence, 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 <laughs> poop incontinence, um, fart incontinence. So here was some stat. It was over six hundred people were surveyed, and they had forty-year-olds versus sixty-year-olds. And mm-hmm. I don't know, like pre-postpartum, I don't know if they differentiated between like if these people had ever had kids um but anyway 40 year olds reported nine percent flatulence so farting incontinence versus 19 percent in 60 year olds the loose stool poop so like when you and you have loose stool and you're like kind of like skid marking your pants four five percent in 40 year olds eight percent in 60 year old 60 year olds and then the solid poop incontinence was 0.3% in a 40-year-old versus 1.7. So, like, flatulence had the highest, like, incontinence, and then it, like, got down to poop. So I just thought that was, like, an interesting comparison. But what I think is, like, relevant to me and what, like, makes me excited is the right word (laughs) is, like, it piques my interest is, like, the percentage change as we age. So the percent that goes up so dramatically as we get older just screams like, let's do something about this right now. This is an epidemic, Mm -hmm. you know, and like the interventions at 15, at 20, blah, 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 on and on and on is so important, so important as we as we continue to age and that but also knowing that as we continue to age is that we are still capable of healing we are Mm -hmm. still capable of improving um even if we're older later in our life children no children whatever is that there is help so one thing like that i think people don't know enough of or you know it's not as common knowledge i mean in our world it is but whatever um so as we age and those hormone levels like decrease right we should actually be doing more strength training to maintain the same muscle bulk and bone density than when we're in like our twenties and thirties. So I think that could be one of the big factors is like, as we age, we kind of like, you know, slide out of that workout routine or we do more yoga or, you know, we're not getting like lifting the weights and doing the heavy stuff and strength training. Um, But thinking about just like, strength training like glutes and hamstrings and abs and like all of those things can really yeah, help it your doesn't, pelvic floor i i think we maybe we talked about it maybe we didn't i can't remember if we've talked about it or not there was a study that shows like hip range of motion hip strength uh plays a greater role hip position so overstressed plays a greater role in incontinence predictors than pelvic floor strength mm-hmm. so we don't need this like crazy strong pelvic floor to be continent we need a functional pelvis we need a strong core and pelvis and hip and legs 
mobility. Mm. We need to break our patterns so yeah. we can unleash the full mobility and I'm strength. I'm trying to break my patterns and do a handstand. I have been watching. It's impressive. It hurts. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like watched so, your stories this morning. <laughs> I'm so flexed, man. So this is good. I feel like because I feel like I do really focus more on like leg strength and like leg um, workouts and like I'll do upper body stuff, but I'm not always as mindful about some of the scapular control and like low traps and like as I should, because I just don't want to (laughs) Uh, because it's like, it's hard for me because it's really hard, really. And so if I want to be able to do pull-ups and do handstands, I have to be able to get that arm up over my head without arching my back because it really exposes that that limitation. Yeah, when I started like paying attention to scapular like compression and like thorax rotation and all that stuff, um, that was in Leavenworth. I started like experimenting with pull-ups and and handstands and stuff like that. And I think that really helped like get that last little bit of healing for my like pelvic girdle pain and prolapse. It was like the last piece of the puzzle that I needed to get like everything like sinking together. So body's connected all of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> handstands and flatulence. I have been better about, <laughs> not, <laughs> about not queefing. Oh, so what has made the difference? What has been the difference? <laughs> I think when okay. I was que- queefing, I was doing it against the wall. So once my feet got to the wall, I like relaxed my core a little bit and it kind of like sucked in air. And then then when I like would engage again, it was like, you know, it would come back out. Pushed it out. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But that's better. Yeah, I didn't, I haven't had any of that. That's been, that's been good so far. Two days of doing handstands. So I love it. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. I kicked up so hard. So like the wall behind me, it's like yeah. it's far enough behind me. I should not. I'm. I. But I thought I was fine. I like tested it, and then when I finally tried to like kick up hard to get up to the wall and like just went for it, my heel hit the desk, and that's my legs were like. Ah! <laughs> I love how like well, Robert. Like, uh, he just like walked under you. Like this is normal. <laughs> like just like do to do. He was up at five in the morning, so I was like, I may as well do this. Oh, at- damn. Yeah, our our downstairs neighbor sent us a note. Uh oh. Okay, wait, wait, wait. Downstairs, we get some perspective. How old and what's their story? She's like in her twenties. Okay, so college age. Okay. Yeah, there's college age kids who live upstairs and college age kids who live downstairs. They hate us. They fucking hate us. So why? Yeah, they're not quiet. I would imagine it's an old house. It's an old house and it's noisy. I it's this was not a great idea. This was not my best work. What did the notes so, say? It was just like that she's going through a rough time and that she's having a hard time sleeping when the kids are up super early because just like the walking on the floor is like the floor is just super loud. But what are you supposed to do and, with that? And I mean, and our kids are, are loud. So I was like, okay, fine. If it's the weekend, I'll try to, we'll stay back here because like her apartment's not, is on the front side. But really like what else am i i don't i don't know what i can do other than like we will try our best and that's kind of what i said i was like we'll do our best i can't she needs some earplugs and a noise machine well that's what she said she said she has fans and headphones and it's 
blah 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 and i don't know so i'm i I apologize like i'm you know i again i don't really know what i'm supposed to do it's the house's fault it's an old house it's noisy like even if we didn't have kids like what if we were up that early like working out on the floor like what right during the and and so what i said is like during the week we leave at like 7 7 30 so we're gonna be up early like there's nothing i can do about that it's the week it's a weekday um i can be more conscious on the weekend did she respond no i no no yeah mm. oh. that sucks that's like awkward yeah i don't really i don't we never really see her much i don't know whatever <laughs> <laughs> um so i lived i lived in a basement apartment in pt school and the first year we were there it was fine the people upstairs were like never home the second year we were there the people were so noisy and so awful and it was bad like it sucked but we couldn't do anything about it it was just the way it was and that's we were paying 300 dollars a month each so i couldn't complain yeah (laughs) you know but um yeah, I don't know what her like rent is or anything. I'm sure it's not much. That she's had like a flood down there. Oh yeah, it's not. It's an old house, man. I wouldn't live in the basement of an old house, but you know, different situations. <laughs> what else about so things you okay, need so for inco- bowel continents, not incontinence, continents. Keeping it all so up they, there. So they do have these things called butterfly ads or something they're specifically for fecal smearing and fecal incontinence they're like these things that stick to your underpants why are they butterfly shaped i don't know why are they oblong (laughs) panty liner shaped but they're specifically for poop interesting so to have good bowel function you need anal sphincter or the the anal sphincter has to like create pressure to keep you know, things in, um, you have a rectal sensation that tells you like what's going on. Like, is it a liquid solid or gas and what to do about it? And then your rectal storage capacity. Those things are important for the bowel. function. So these butterfly, they're called attends butterfly body patches are the soft absorbent way to turn minor, minor bowel leakage into an afterthought. Provide simple, so they, they're butterfly shaped and they actually go on your body. So it sits inside your butt cheeks. Is that comfortable? You would better shave your butt hair before you are putting that on. Oh, I can't okay. imagine ripping that thing off. Oh, no, I would imagine it here. sticks, doesn't it? Can you see that? Yeah. So like, I think the circle in the middle goes over your butthole. But it's adhesive. And then, probably not the center part. Oh, just like, <laughs> your poop just sticks to the bat. <laughs> so I learned about that. So remember Paige? Remember Paige from yeah. Kind of, so like years ago, I think I was pregnant with Cam, and that was when I was like, I think I want to be a pelvic floor PT. So she did a talk at Pioneer Surgical, and so mm-hmm. I went and talked with her because I was like, hey, I want to do this, and. But she talked about those butterfly pads and that I just, that just like popped into my head of, I guess like if fecal incontinence kind of is something that is perpetually bothering you. um, And I think that could have some sort of impact on infections. Like if you were getting recurrent Mm -hmm. infections that you would want to, you know, stop that. I would imagine this would work a lot better for solid to kind of keep it in there. 
Right. I think this is for like mild fecal incontinence. This is not like full logs. <laughs> and it's not like you can like be incontinent and then just leave it in place for hours on end. I would imagine it just stops right. it enough that you. This can, is like, like I think this bathroom. is like fecal smearing. Yeah, or like that, where like if you're having a little bit of urgency leakage, that this would catch it, and you're in the you change it. Mm-hmm. That makes more yeah. sense, but still, you better shave yeah. your butt because that would mm-hmm. hurt. You need to shave your butt, and then you wax your butt <laughs> <laughs> because that. So, so David um, got an EKG last week because he said the word chest pain, and you know the whole world like burned anyway. Um, and so he got an EKG and he was like ripping those pads off and they're really sticky, like very, very sticky. <laughs> like the doctor's like, oh yeah, that's not going to be fun. <laughs> um, but you're just lucky you don't have a lot of hair yet. And he was like, oh yeah, dad would not like these. And I'm like, no, dad would not like to rip those off. <laughs> they're, they were no. more intense than I remember when we used them in yeah. school. Uh, I don't know if it was between, no, it was one summer between in undergrad I worked at like a cardiac rehab program because I thought I wanted to be cardiac respiratory physical there we would do stress tests like we would set up people for their stress tests after they had open heart surgery or if they had a heart attack or something like that and it was the worst because these would people had just had open heart surgery like their sternum had like it was not healed and we would be getting them on the bike to make sure that they were safe to go to like a walking program and so you have to stick on like a bunch of electrodes on their sore, sore open sternum. And, and so it was like the stickers and then a button. So I learned my lesson the very first time because they were like, if you put the sticker on and then you have to shove the button on, it's like, Ugh. right. So you Ugh. have to do, I would get it all ready, get them all, all the leads ready and then do it all just all at once. Like put the button on before the sticker and then put the sticker on because that was not good design. Dude, like open heart surgery, like cracking that sternum open. What? Can you imagine? Would you be able to do rib mobs on someone who's had open heart surgery? Uh, uh, I think after I like have. 10 weeks or whatever? Um, after it's healed, after the bone is like healed. Yeah. But oh yeah, no, that's, uh, that doesn't feel good. I can't imagine I like, sensitive for a while, but you, you want to be able to get it moving, right? Like those people need good movement to encourage their, yeah. So what else we got on incontinence? <laughs> this is all over the place. Mm, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't like, podcasted in a while on the topic of protection and pads and, you know, accessory incontinence stuff. We want to make sure that if you do leak pee and you're using something to absorb it, that it should be for pee. Absorbent period underwear or period pads or, you know, that kind of thing aren't really meant for urine. So they don't neutralize the acidity of the urine. And that if that acidity, acidic urine is sitting next to your skin, that really sensitive vulvar skin for a while, it can actually increase your tension in the pelvic floor and cause also like bladder contractions. And so as annoying as it is to have to purchase something different than your usual, or maybe as that, that could be embarrassing, um, that, that it's so much better for you and you will actually need less 
hopefully you need that for less time and, and will help with your, your healing process. You know, I think there's more and more thanks COVID, but there's more and more like delivery services on things and, you know, packaging that's better so that you can just get whatever you need to your door versus having to go to the store. I've never really had an issue with leaking. Thank God. Hemorrhoids and leaking. I was lucky in those departments, (laughs) but (laughs) the two times that I've ever leaked was when I was yelling at my children. (laughs) I think specifically Owen. (laughs) And like (laughs) both times was after I was like shoveling for like hours, like Mm. doing yard work. So my back was like so tight and like I was like fatigued and like my anterior floor was already like crying for help. (laughs) And then like yelling, like the pressure of yelling um just did it and I was like I remember like very vividly the first time and I'm like did that just happen like did I just pee myself totally did yeah but yeah both times and like, that was like a over a year postpartum yeah. I was not like newly postpartum when I was pregnant with Cam I was like late getting him out the door I'm like struggling holding him big belly and then like lifting him and like reaching across to get him in the seat and sneezed (laughs) and like it was with some of my like bladder prolapse postpartum sometimes I would get like some of that like post void leakage where like you'd stand up and you'd like walk around and there'd be like you'd leak a little like drop or two and it wasn't so much that like you needed to do anything about it but it was like oh like I can tell there's like I've there's been a a hint of of pee there but that was the first time I actually like felt the loss and I had to change like I couldn't I couldn't stay in those clothes and I was like oh my gosh this is not because like I'd always been like no I you know leaking I'm good I don't that's not really too big of a problem for me but luckily that did not stick around and then it did not happen again so yay (laughs) yeah I feel like but leaking is probably the most common other than like pain the most common thing we see would you agree yeah yeah and usually honestly it's like never usually one thing no hardly no like (laughs) no one ever comes in like I just need to work on my bladder leaking and that's the only thing I'm coming for uh rarely I think it does happen but it's like usually there's a primary issue maybe that's leaking and then there's some secondary issues like hemorrhoids and then there's some tertiary issues like pressure and heaviness and then there's some back pain and then there's some hip pain like so it's the the clinical picture is usually never that thing in isolation yeah it's like yeah our body is so connected it's it, it it's if the if it was ever one thing you kind of like do a happy dance you're like sweet I sometimes I give this example because it's a great example for like bladder education and understanding bladder irritants of a a client that I had that had tons of frequency, like peeing all the time and leaking during workouts. And, you know, we did all the things, the frequency was getting better, but still really had a lot of urgency in her workouts, urgency before the workout. And we kind of went back through, I had her do a bladder journal because I was like, I don't know, like everything else is doing really well we got to figure this out and she was taking pre-workout before the workout so it's loaded with caffeine loaded with b vitamins so 
I was like, okay, let's try a couple workouts without it. And it was completely gone. Never leaked during workout again. And I was like, okay. So, but she's like, but I like this. I like taking it. I like that, how it makes me feel when I work out. So, so I was like, that's fine. Let's just work on like some of that resiliency, but, but, or more, just more water, like just diluted yeah. a little bit and, and things get, get better. So sometimes it is that simple, you know, not that we didn't do a whole lot of other stuff, but sometimes it is simple like that, which is, is fun. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Do you know, you know, this, that incontinence is like the number one or two reason people are in nursing homes. Oh things, yeah. Dementia yeah. Oh, and yeah. incontinence. Fecal incontinence mm-hmm. is estimated to be about 45 to 47% of nursing home residents. So that's mm-hmm. pretty significant. Another reason why we should uh, take care well, of that. Yeah, the, the, the $10, 10 billion a year. In urinary at least. or any incontinence? I don't know. Actually, I don't know. Probably urinary being the more common of the two, but incontinence costs the, us in the U.S. $10 billion a year. Do you know that like almost 30% of people have IBS to some degree? Yeah, that's crazy. And then because it's a blanket, because it's like a blanket diagnosis, right? Right. Yeah. Um, and then 20% of those people have bowel incontinence. So pretty mm, because they're having like, Addy, do you have, how is your, so off topic, but your A1C and your, I go in next month. So I fell off mm-hmm. the wagon, but so not that I like stuck to the elimination diet, like super, super closely, but I did do it solid for like two and a half weeks. And then mm-hmm. in-laws came, fell off the wagon. My birthday is mm-hmm. this week and then Thanksgiving. So I'm going to like, you know, give myself a little grace around those What times. day is your birthday? What's the day? <laughs> Monday. So I don't forget. Things I have learned that I think are more impactful than like, for me, the food sensitivities, because I'm still trying to keep dairy to a minimum. I'm doing like lactose free milk mm-hmm. and like not eliminating it, but not like eating yogurt every day. I'm trying to keep gluten out, go easy on the corn, but I was not eating enough. Like once I started tracking my macros, I would be like five to 800 calories in the deficit. <laughs> When you were on the elimination diet? No, like in general, when I started paying attention and tracking it, I'm like, holy cow, like no wonder my hormones are like way out of whack because I wouldn't start eating until like 10 or 11 in the morning. And then you're just like playing catch up all day long. I was like force feeding myself to to get enough calories and like the right stuff because I was counting my macros. But when I was doing that, I was feeling so good, way mm-hmm. more energy, w- like training was felt great. I was sleeping better. I also wasn't having coffee or alcohol. So, you know, <laughs> but like, you didn't take, take a little bit. <laughs> yeah. The takeaways I've like limited coffee to one cup in the morning after I've had some water and something in my stomach, because like hitting your stomach right away with that caffeine is not Mm -hmm. awesome. So you want to like drink water and have something in your stomach the first 30 minutes you're awake for like hormone levels and like blood sugars and to like drop your cortisol and then getting enough calories. I think people would be really surprised if they actually tracked what they're consuming, what Mm -hmm. like that they're not eating enough. Cause I should be getting to 2,300 calories at the minimum with like just an easy workout. So, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah, like 
taking in like 140 grams of protein a day is a lot. So I think like me not eating in the morning and not eating enough was like throwing my blood sugars off, but also like messing with the conversion. You have to like convert T3 to T4, like, like processing with your thyroid. And so that conversion needs enough calories, enough carbohydrates and like stress levels and stuff like that can impact it. I think like our diet culture, you know, is like eat less, eat less. And it's like, no, we should, we should probably be eating more, especially as moms, because we just get busy and distracted. But for hormone levels, like, interesting. Yeah, yeah, that definitely in terms of like, all the things that I need to prioritize for my health, like it's been, yeah, that's, it's been, it's a challenge. I think it's a challenge to get all the things you need and we're operating under some different food restrictions. And so it adds stress to it. And so I definitely find myself in that pattern of like, it's, it's stressing me out to eat because Mm -hmm. I'm scared that what I eat is going to like cause Robert to have like wicked diarrhea. So Maybe I just won't eat. It, <laughs> and that's I don't not know helpful. how you pay so close attention because you like you have to like it's not oh it's like not an you option know. for you with like like I'll be activities. We'll be up all night and it's awful. That's got to be exhausting because like yeah. corn and we well with Cam it's it's uh, it's a whole other side conversation. But we took Cam to OT because he was having some issues with like just listening at home and at school and basically what we came to is that it's probably that he's a little bit stressed out and but also we let him start eating everything at school and didn't uh keep out like his wheat and the corn and the egg like he's not having eggs like alone but we've we introduced those foods again and she's like yeah they're because his eczemas kind of come back a little bit and so she's like if he's itchy it's harder to pay attention if it's you know, if he's a little bit stressed, it's harder to pay attention. So that made me feel great. <laughs> I know it's so many things. It's so hard. Yeah. So Owen gets that eczema around his eyes and just everything I've learned from you. I packed his lunch last week and like just made it very, I didn't take like gluten out completely. I just tried to make it healthier than school lunch. And like it mm-hmm. got a lot better, even like just in a week. Anyway, I think I think we're both tired. Know your bush. Love your bush. Share what you love. Bye. (laughs) Bye. You can communicate with Addie and I both in regards to the podcast questions, comments, concerns, topics that you want discussed on our podcast Facebook page, Don't Beat Around the Bush Podcast, as well as our email account, which is Don't Beat Around the Bush Podcast at gmail.com. You can also find our podcast on all the major podcast platforms. So please subscribe, comment, and share all the bushy love. It's probably pretty obvious that our episodes are edited and produced by Addie and myself. (laughs) And our music is provided by Blockhead.